Hi Joy. Hi Olami B. How are you doing today? Oh great, thank you. Yeah, I'm very well. So how's your week been? Well, like every other work week I suppose. I know we're caught on vacation, so I, I expect that there'll be some reprieve. Oh really? Has it changed for you? Uh, well, it's not exactly, changed. but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so today we'll be um, discussing how parties should be managing their disputes in um, commercial transactions. Um, essentially, the idea behind this topic is just to enlighten people on the need to have um, dispute resolution clauses and for them to pay attention to these dispute resolution clauses in their agreement and also how to manage disputes when they arise in contracts because uh, parties more often than not do not prepare for the dispute. So when disputes happen, they're caught unawares. So um, it's usually very necessary for them to manage this dispute and um, they're not caught unawares when it happens. Yeah. yeah. We know you don't, no one prays for a dispute to happen. You want the commercial transaction to go, to have a smooth flow. So you start the commercial, um, the transaction starts very well, mm -hmm. ends very well, and yeah. both parties are happy. But there are times where one or two things might cause um, a dispute. So um, I'll just be throwing like, the first question to you, So, How do you think parties can manage their disputes um, in commercial transactions? Well, um, to be honest, I agree with everything you've said so far. I should start with that. Um, parties can manage their disputes by, by, first of all, thinking about their disputes even while they negotiate their contracts. Now, what do I mean by that? So you find that most times, and thankfully not with most of our clients, our clients are wiser, but you find that most times parties just negotiate um, a contract and it's all about the business and closing the deal and you know moving on. And they don't actually think about um, what could go wrong until it actually goes wrong. So I think the best way to manage the dispute is to think about the dispute while negotiating the contract, understanding that the dispute resolution clause is just as important as every other clause in the contract. Because as a matter of fact, nobody prays for a dispute, right? But we find that more often than not, they occur. And when they do, a, a pending dispute, a running dispute has the ability to cripple the progress of the contract entirely. So yeah. parties have to um, negotiate their dispute clause as they negotiate other clauses in their contract. That's what I would say. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you said as to um, parties having to negotiate their dispute clauses as at the same time um, negotiating their, the main agreement itself. Because yeah. mo uh, most times, parties don't really seem to think that oh, a dispute would occur. Not that anyone anticipated disputes, mm -hmm. but it's always very necessary to prepare for um, a dispute. And like you, you, you rightly mentioned, one of the, the, the first step is usually thinking about the dispute and preparing for it. Yeah. So um, a dispute resolution clause in your agreement should not just be an afterthought. Yeah. It should be no, something sure. that you're very well aware of. Mm -hmm. and, something um, that something you're prepared for. Exactly. So yeah. when you're going into, the, when a dispute occurs, you know how exactly you're going mm -hmm. to trigger a dispute resolution yeah. mechanism. Yeah. And um, that's usually going to be yeah. the, the first step. So, yeah, and th th that would not lead me to the point. Uh, what exactly do you think would be the key element or the key factors of... Um, preparing for a dispute while negotiating or oh, the key elements of negotiating um, a dispute resolution clause. Oh, great. So I think, um, first of all, you want to think about the mode of dispute resolution. Um, now, wh when I say the mode, so you see um, 
there are, there are different modes of dispute resolution. So there's mediation, there's negotiation, there's expert determination, there's arbitration, and then there's litigation that's very common. And I'll just take the opportunity to say not very efficient in Nigeria, <laughs> pardon my, my um, choice of language, but it's what it is. So you have to think about the mode of dispute. Um, you want to choose a dispute clause that is specifically tailored to your kind of transaction. So personally, I would recommend that what I would have in mind if I were to think about my mood of dispute would be, for instance, the value of my transaction. And it's not just like the monetary value. Sensitivity of the, the, the transaction, the nature of the transaction is also a value of the transaction. When you think about that, when you think about the mode of dispute, you want to think about um, the, the, the law. And, and I'll give a classic um, example. So we, we have um, most... Um, I mean, most businesses are, are, are multinational, is that the word to use? Um, you know, it cuts across different jurisdictions, different countries, some of which operate different kinds of laws. Um, 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 so you want to think about the, 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 the law that will govern your dispute, just as you think about the mood. And then you also want to think about the um, venue. Again, some of these things, such as the the law um, that will govern your dispute, the choice of law, and, and the, the jurisdiction, that's what I refer to as venue. Some of them will be influenced by the mode of dispute. So they're all intertwined. They're just stuff that you have to think about um, all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I actually, from what you've said now, I, I, I can say for sure now that when I'm negotiating my dispute resolution clause, I should have in mind um, the value of what that transaction is, yeah. so what that transaction means to me. Yeah. So, for instance, a party that doesn't want um, my um, the details of the transaction in the media or exactly. to recite with the general yeah. public would prefer a dispute resolution mechanism such as arbitration or mediation, yeah. where the details of the dispute are, and even the transaction ultimately are kept, kept private between the parties. Yeah. But on the other hand, if a party, if it's a dispute where parties probably don't even have the funds to exactly. um, go to arbitration. They would prefer to just approach the courts exactly. and um, have I mean, the dispute settled to be honest, in, 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 in court. So um, I'll I'll not go to the um, another part of managing your dispute. So yeah. dispute. This is us preparing for the dispute. Mm -hmm. So when the dispute now happens, how exactly are parties meant to prepare? So you don't you don't know when exactly the dispute will happen, but when the dispute happens, how do you now approach the dispute, or how do you think parties can approach the dispute? Okay, so I'll approach uh, my answer to this question um, on the understanding of several basic. Um, let me use the word principles. First of all, that parties have negotiated the dispute clause that they've averted their mind to the value of their transaction. And maybe let's use a case study. It's maybe we're looking at a construction dispute, right? We're looking at a time-sensitive, high-value construction dispute. The parties have agreed um, to a mode of dispute that's um, double-layered, multi-layered. So you have them saying, okay, we're going to take maybe 60, 90 days to um, try and negotiate, settle amicably between ourselves. If we're not able to, and then let's imagine they're not using a standard contract like all the FIDIC books, it's just a general contract. And so they say, okay, we want to approach um, medi mediation, right? We want to approach mediation. And if that doesn't work, if we're not able to have a mediator resolve the dispute, or if the mediator resolves the dispute and, well, it's not, we're not able to, you know, with mediation, for instance, 
it's not necessarily binding unless the parties like agree to make it so. So we could we could mediate, we could have a, a, a mediator's um, decision, but unlike arbitration that you have a law that says, well, go and enforce, you, you can't do that. So let's say parties have agreed we'll mediate, but then they've also anticipated that we could be done mediating and it still doesn't work out until one party can then initiate arbitration, right? And now a dispute has occurred and you're saying, what do the parties do? Now, my, 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 my first um, approach would be to, again, at that point, think about your dispute clause. So you want to, um, you want to follow the prescribed mode of dispute resolution in your contract so that you don't get into trouble um, down the line. So first of all, naturally, I should imagine that um, a, a business person in that situation will first of all consult a lawyer. Because first, first of all, if you're supposed to declare a dispute, you want to make sure that you do declare a dispute. If you're supposed to try to amicably resolve within um, um, a, a certain number of days, you want to make sure that you do that. If the next step is mediation, you want to make sure that you do that. If the next step is arbitration, you want to make sure that you do that. I know that sometimes, and maybe let's now imagine, let's give it a little twist. We're dealing with two Nigerian companies. You know, we can be hot-blooded here. And so the first thing you want to do is to, is to go to court, man, because you just, you want to file something so that you say you filed something, you know, so that you, but you don't think about, so it's, it's, it's an easy basis to have your suit struck out, um, and, and it's a condition precedent argument, for instance. So what, I, for, what that means is you've, you've, you've skipped your entire dispute resolution process in your agreement, and you've gone to court. Someone would simply just raise an objection and say, well, we did agree to resolve our dispute in this way. Parties are bound by the terms of their agreement. He hasn't complied with um, the different, um, um, the, the, the multi-layered um, 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 dispute resolution mechanism we agreed to. So that means he hasn't complied with a condition precedent to even like um, ventilate this, this dispute. And it's even worse if it's arbitration because then we have the arbitration act um, that says um, well the court has to stay proceedings. And so you've, you've spent money for what it's worth. You've spent money, you've spent time you know, and you still have to go back to, to you have to go back and start from um, the first step. So you want to think about your dispute clause again at this time. You want to make sure you follow the steps that you have agreed to. And I think it's always best to have a dispute resolution um, lawyer um, at your side when doing okay. that. Okay, so yeah. uh, um, essentially what you've advised is um, you, it's always <coughs> best to have a, consult a lawyer when exactly. you feel like a dispute has, um, has occurred. Yeah. And at the same time, you should always have like reference, and which I which I completely agree with. You should always have reference to the um, contract or the dispute resolution clause because it it, it forms part of the main contract mm -hmm. itself. So you going um, you going contrary to whatever dispute resolution clause that you have agreed to for one reason or the other would mean that you're also breaching the agreement that you have entered exactly. into. And That's most times courts will, courts are usually, and these days I, I must say that courts are inclined to um, always respect the wishes of the, wishes the parties of as they've exactly. actually put it in the agreement. Yeah. And this now, this and, goes and, back. And just to also mention, sorry, right, let's think about it from the practical aspect. Is it, well, it depends on what your motives are and what your strategy is. It's, it, can, it can be a waste of time and money because I want to imagine that if you haven't followed the steps, the other party will. So you have, mm. you have, a, you have a case in, in, in court, you have an arbitration somewhere, you know, and, and then it's just different proceedings, you're spending time, yeah. you're hiring counsel and all of that.
Exactly. So it goes back to the first point of preparing for the dispute. Yeah. Because when you have prepared for the dispute, the dispute has now arisen and um, you're looking for the appropriate me method to um, resolve that exactly. dispute. You have to, you, 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 have to you want to be sure that yeah. you are going by what you had already what you anticipated and exactly. what you had agreed on. Exactly. So that really and that's why you have to think long term when agreeing. Mm -hmm. So if um, this multi-layered um, um, mechanism doesn't work for you, why did you agree to it? Yes. If you had imagined that a dispute would arise and you would want to immediately rush to court, then why did you agree to this? And that's, that's totally, I, I totally agree. And it also goes back to the point about choosing um, the law or whatever law that would govern your yeah. agreement. Because these days we have um, international trade agreements between companies from different countries. So you probably have an Italian company um, entering into a partnership <laughs> with um, a Singaporean com um, company. Yeah in Nigeria. Yeah. So you have three jurisdictions involved in that in this exactly. instance and everybody wants to be everyone wants to ensure that their their own um, rights and um, privileges under the contract are very well secured. So parties need to be sure that they're they're not just pasting copying and pasting mm. um, yeah. precedent mm -hmm. when it comes to dispute resolution clauses. Yeah. They need to be sure and they, 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 need, they need to be sure that... Yeah, it, I just remembered something I read on Twitter, but when, yeah. when you're done, I'll just mention it. So they need to be sure of a dispute resolution clause that actually will... Not necessarily... It doesn't have to be in their favor, mm -hmm. but wouldn't pose so much inconvenience to um, whichever party when the dispute, in fact, are, um, arises. Yeah, you are going to say something. Yeah, so um, I have a friend, and I don't know the full details of the dispute, but it, it just... Um, it's... I remember the way you were talking about copying um, and pasting dispute clauses. So the nature of the dispute did not, it did not even warrant arbitration. It wasn't a high value dispute. It wasn't a sensitive dispute, but I think they had just copied a, an entire contract that now had an, um, a Switzerland seated ICC arbitration clause. And yeah, the funny thing is, so, so um, someone had like tried to um, approach uh, my friend to review it and then he had given his fees and he never, so heard from him and so he was not trying to make a joke it's like oh cool you will go to switzerland <laughs> it's no, no, crazy it's, it, that's the <laughs> well you now. don't have so to you, go to switzerland you, but you, you want you, to use the icc yeah you other you're, you're agreeing to an agreement um you're agreeing to a dispute clause and you're not looking at the intricacies of the dispute clause exactly. you're not looking at um what the eventual cost will be um when the dispute actually arises. Exactly. And that still goes back to what we are discussing, managing your dispute. Yeah. Because when you're resolving your dispute, you're going to incur costs. Exactly. You're not only going to incur um, costs um, of um, lawyers or maybe a, a potential loss from mm -hmm. that particular agreement. You're going to incur losses as um, costs rather as to where you're going to be having the the um, disputes resolved exactly. so you, you are a nigerian company both of you are nigerian companies and you decide that you want to have your um agreement um arbitrated upon somewhere in i mean you actually agree Geneva. on a venue not in, a seat do you understand you agree to have a venue in switzerland yeah, yeah, well it, it might be good for tourism sake but i don't think um, business-wise it's it will, it will be the best um, yeah. option yeah. for um, you as a party. But exactly. I, I think I, you, you've been able to give a lot of insight and we 
we've actually highlighted points yeah. for people when they are negotiating their agreements, particularly um, as it relates to disputes that might exactly. actually occur from this agreement. So um, parties should, first of all, think about their disputes. And this is me just summarizing what we've said here yeah. today. Uh, parties should think about their disputes. They should um, ensure that they negotiate their disputes along the, li along the lines of what they want mm -hmm. from um, the dispute and uh, from the contract and what they can also afford because that, that was the point that came up yeah. at the latter part yeah. of the discussion and the aims of um, the transaction itself, yeah. the nature too, the nature which, well. which generally encompasses everything in the sense that they, 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 if it's an agreement that they do not want in the public eye, mm -hmm. they also want to ensure that they are protecting yeah. that, that particular agreement or that particular transaction yeah. and eventually adhering strictly to, to the, the to the terms of whatever arbitration clause that they, they have um, yeah. actually agreed I upon. think I just wanted to add one bit, um, yeah. um, just a little thing that I don't think we quite covered. So there's also, parties can also think about what to do um, when the dispute has arisen and while the dispute is being resolved because sometimes dispute resolution can take some time yeah. so you also want to think about um, the likely impact on your contract and how to hedge against that yeah. so if you were a construction contract for instance you can have a clause that says that the fact that there is an ongoing dispute or claim that we're trying to resolve will not stop the continued yeah. performance of that, so that, we're, that, we're going to allocate damages when we get to that stage but meanwhile the work will still, the work will still continue that's that's so the, that's definitely the most sensible yeah. thing to do in such an instance so yeah thank you so much Joy. I, I, it was a delight having this conversation oh, with I you, love being here with you. Yes. all right thank you